0: Listen to ordinary people who lead extraordinary lives, their leadership styles forever impressed in the hearts and minds of people, be it in their professions, personal life, and or in communities by being an example of greatness. Be inspired by these personal stories and prepare to be both moved and motivated as serial entrepreneur Maurice Manley II, Interviews Present and Future Icons. Challenge yourself to recognize the leader that lives within so that you may continue to grow and experience amazing things in life. We are all capable of leadership. Take charge and lead up. You are listening to episode number 91, Design Your Life to Lead. Spatial designer extraordinaire Theo Jennings is masterful in creating space that welcomes tranquility, comfort, fused with a touch of modern. Before he tapped into his greatness, he had to overcome judgment and ridicule from family and friends regarding his lifestyle choices. Having overcome his internal insecurities, Theo's life opened up like a flower. Without further delay, I present to you, Theo Jennings. We're back again for another episode of Lead Up. Today, joining me is my good friend, Theo Jennings. He is a interior and spatial design decorator. Uh, I don't even know what other adjectives to to call him, but he is phenomenal. His ingenuity and imagination is like truly one of a kind. He has a company called Vacation Veranda. Theo, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks for having me on your show,
0: man. Thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure we haven't spoken in a while. um mm. I my, to- hair,
1: uh, my hair is a uh, evidence that we haven't spoken in a while <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you're looking fine under this uh this pandemic here. you're looking good <laughs> look I wanted to have you on because there are certain, there there are a few key things that I noticed about you since I've known you and how you move and operate and live your life that I think is phenomenal and dynamic. Uh, One of them being is your boldness and your courageousness. The other is your, your level of insight and creativity uh, in terms of just your vision. And you're able to see the forest despite the tree in front of you, if you will. And I, I think that's amazing. And I think it's a, it's a gift and a skill that, many of us should seek to uh, attain and or acquire. So I'm going to start a little bit from the, your, your beginning in terms of your being the visionary and, and the creative genius that you are at what stage in your life, did you begin paying attention to your gift of uh, design, artistic design?
1: Okay. Um. Good question. And I'm gonna wipe my face because I just came back from a run. So if people are watching this, it's just because I'm sweating because I just came back from a a nice run this morning. Um, I think I probably started sketching with, um, and let me just uh, clarify a couple of things. I started my business doing outdoor living design, um, which was, uh, you know I'm based in Japan. I've been here for a long time Um, and it's uh, in Tokyo. It's similar to New York where we're, We have like limited space. Uh, Everybody's, you know, piled up on top of each other. Um, And to give you a sense of uh, the numbers, uh, I think LA has what, four or five million people there in your city? Yeah, sounds like that. that? And then New York is like maybe nine. um, And Tokyo is 36 Mm. million. Um, And the space is quite small. So it's very, very tiny spaces, uh, and everyone's kind of you know, crammed up on each other. So I started my design company first, focusing on like doing outdoor living, helping people expand their small inside space out to their balconies. Um, So that's how the business in Japan started. But I actually probably started sketching when I was maybe somewhere between 10 and 12 um, on a sketch pad um more because i was just trying to like sketch what my dream home would look like (laughs) that i had uh growing up in the hood in texas uh in dallas fort worth area um and uh, i kind of got into to sketching and and doing that uh more out of a hobby and again it was kind of like this is what i want my house to look like and then you know, I realized if I could pick up a ruler and kind of, you know, use the the scales of the ruler, I could actually draw kind of a cool house to scale and turn it into something um, quite interesting. So I kind of started that like informally. Um, that kind of grew. Um, I was always good in art classes um, in school, but I would probably say by the time I got to high school, um, I probably focused less on that. And I guess my world started to navigate towards, you know, the quote unquote, socially acceptable um, and respected professional areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, I was also good in math and science when I was in high school. And, you know, by the time I got to college, I totally changed. I mean, art was like furthest thing away from me. Uh, And I originally wanted to be a doctor. And then I went into um, economics and East Asian studies and started studying Japanese. Um, Mm. And so I got into sort of like corporate business stuff um, and didn't really start working in design things again until maybe 2009 um, in Japan when I was working for a big company at the time. um, Designed my balcony, got some great feedback from my friends coming over little house parties and i thought maybe i could do this for other people and that's sort of when you know i i started kicking off my business and i think um i think in 2010 is that when we first met
0: probably somewhere in there oh i think it was, 2010. 2010. Think it was no, no no it was before that actually it, it might was, have been oh nine
1: maybe oh nine yeah so i remember we got uh are my mutual, uh, my friend who was one of your customers introduced me to you. Um, but then it's kind of where I started uh, starting the business and um, it's kind of taken off from their ups and downs, but I'm happy to talk about, you know, all of that stuff in between.
0: Yeah. When, okay. So at the age of 10, between 10 and 12 did um w- or or was there rather a, someone who put the, put a pen and a sketch pad in front of you and said, here, you have a gift or skill in this area, or did you just ask your parents for it? Like how, how did you get there at that age?
1: Mm. Um, I'm probably leaving out something really important. My father uh, is probably the best handyman alive. Uh, (laughs) When I was, When I was a really young kid, my dad used to uh, fix televisions and Uh he used to always have a shop uh, in our den with other people's TVs and parts and stuff around. Um, He was very good with his hands. Um, He and my grandfather uh, built my family's home, the home that I grew up in for the majority of my childhood from around 10 or 12 actually. we grew up in that house in uh, in, a, in an area called Stop Six uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, which is, Stop Six is 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 the hood of hoods of, uh, of Texas. Uh, so um, yeah, I kind of got a lot of uh, my, I guess my artistic and, and hands-on kind of experience with my dad and my dad used to, when I was a kid, um, take me, especially in the summer times, I used to go with him uh, on all of his different and handyman jobs fixing somebody's you know doors or somebody's wall or putting sheetrock up or whatever he could just do a little bit of everything um so I got that from my father
0: okay and yeah. and the drawing too or the sketching as well
1: I think the drawing didn't come from my father. I think when I was in um I don't think I've ever seen my father draw very much he's very my dad's also an artist um but uh, I've never seen him draw. I had a really good um, teacher when I was in fifth grade, um, and I was good at sketching. She was the first teacher who taught me how to sketch people's faces and mm. the whole idea, you know, when you draw the circle and you put the cross okay. in there and you start, you know, and you, you align everything. And then I kind of got really good at that. And then um, later I ended up getting this, um, this award. Uh, in my city for drawing wow. um, in fifth grade, yeah, it's, it was called the Ann Brennan Awards, where they give out uh, these uh, different uh, medallions to different kids uh, covering different subject matters. So um, I got my first one uh, in art, and I later got some in in I believe in math and one in in um, in science as well later huh. um, in school. But uh, but that my first one was in that one, and so she was kind of m- one of my early inspirations. Her name was Margaret Duffy, I believe. And she's she's now deceased, but she was a great art art teacher. She believed in me.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you came out fresh out of her class, winning awards and stuff. She yeah. be-
2: <laughs> yeah, some of that. Yeah, yeah so she was yeah. great.
0: She inspired she you for sure. Did, so at, at what stage in your life did you recognize your your talent or your gift as a business?
1: um that's a really good question it's kind of um a loaded one because i find that um recognizing myself as a potential business owner and entrepreneur is kind of tied together with like understanding myself loving myself understanding my own personal value Hmm. um, and having confidence and believing that I could do uh, things. Um, So I I would say probably, you know, um, over the course of uh, all of this question is intertwined into so many things about myself. But, uh, you know, one, I I was fortunate when I was a young kid to have um, I was lucky when I was a kid because a lot of the the school teachers that I had in Fort Worth, um, they were the same teachers who also taught my father. Oh. Um, and so I had uh, several teachers who were already, you know, probably approaching 60s or in their 60s. I don't know when teachers are forced to retire now, but I, then, I mean, we had some some elderly, you know, grandmother <laughs> teachers. You know, who knew my father, who used to beat my father, knew all everything about my dad, and therefore could see instant DNA, you know, similarities and could call things out really quick. And so, your daddy was just like blah, 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 blah. Wow.
0: Blah. So, that's really so, a blessing.
1: Yeah. Well, in a way, I felt like I was quite lucky that's because I, I feel like, um, I feel like now, um, and God bless all of the teachers who are out there, you know, um, especially the teachers who really love what they're doing, and, you know, and I hope that most teachers have gone to the the profession who, who, who does that, but I feel like I got a little piece of the old school, old guard, yeah. um, old Black teachers who are kind of, you know, really pushing their students to, like, be better, achieve better, you know, um, including that sort of, you know, very strong moral, um, you know, fiber that was a part of that that helped me to sort of kind of become who I am. Right. Uh, uh, the next conflict I had internally in terms of understanding who I am and being comfortable with myself had to do with my sexuality because I'm gay mm-hmm. and I grew up in a very conservative hellfire, brimstone, Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, you know, a lot of people going to hell and very few people going to heaven kind of church. Uh, And that um, probably was probably one of the biggest crippling um, things that I dealt with in high school um, and then probably partially in college was learning to love myself, coming out to myself, coming out to my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I found that... um, You know, I had to deal with that in order to feel comfortable with opening up my mental space uh, for what my talent was instead of using my mental space to hide and creep and be something different and try to have a separate persona on the outside. I think when you get rid of those type of things and you really have a good sense of who you are and that you love yourself, it becomes um, a lot easier to... Yeah, use your mental space for other things. So not until probably 10 years of working for big corporate companies in Japan, um, I decided to to take a chance at uh, starting my business. Um, and by 2010, I started informally in t- 2009, but by 2010, 2011, I was pretty much uh, full-fledged working for myself uh, 100% and uh, kind of left the corporate world fully. Uh, and started vacation veranda yeah
0: you you said something or you hit on something a little while ago that I think is very, very important for a lot of people to understand and really have it seep in and it and it ties into what you said about your self worth and not covering up your your talent or your skill, not using that as a as a mask, if you will to kind of like preserve this mm-hmm. uh the scar that you don't want the world to see. Right.
2: That's right. <laughs> so
0: how were you, how, not how were you, but how did you move through your understanding of your personal value and while dealing with this boogeyman in the room, you know, with, mm-hmm. with your family and society and, and everything else, because a lot of our challenges, they all, they, they start internal, right? Mm. They, and, and then they manifest outwardly. And I, mm. be, and I really believe that if we can get past, or if we knew how to overcome the internto, internal internal uh, things that weigh us down, yeah, absolutely. we can live so much freer. Yeah, and and I, and I think that's what I've been seeing in you. You have a, 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 a life of freedom. Mm. You know, you, you, when you were living here, when we, you and I met, I remember you telling me you just packed up and let, I'm going to Japan. Wait,
2: what
0: <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking
2: about? Yeah, man, I'm just
0: go. A lot of, it's hard for people to leave the hood and go to the beach,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> let, a, let, a, let alone cross over the water. Right. but but i think that's tied to what you just spoke on is is that self-worth and mm-hmm. when you uncovered that it I, i'm I, and i'm assuming that it it released you from mm-hmm. uh, uh, an internal prison so how did you move through that process cuz i know that was very very trying especially mm-hmm. with uh people that, as close as your family
1: mm-hmm. um i think uh with all of our experiences um there's two sides of the coin um whereas i will complain about some of the theology that came through my uh local small you know uh church when i was a kid Mm. Um, at the same time um i do recognize that the heart of the people's intentions on how they tried to help me understand God was pure, um, and um, and I believe that um, I had a a probably a life changing experience, maybe when I was three or four years old, mm. and I. I've rarely ever talked about this, but I was in my grandmother's uh, yard uh, in her backyard um, in Texas and she had uh, my grandmother was like one of the sweetest people. I mean, everyone says that about their grandmother, but she really was she really was the, the person who was often, you know, feeding random people off the streets and she, her name was known. And if you needed help, people need to go to Miss Catherine's house, you know, uh, and knock on her door. Um, but I had, uh, I was in her backyard when I was a kid and I was by myself and I was in her garden. Um, I don't know if I was picking cabbage for her or something. And um, I had this vision of, of Jesus hmm. who kind of came in and met me in that garden when I was a little boy. Um, and um, I felt his spirit very clearly and I started crying, I was by myself and I felt his spirit just kind of was there. And, um, and then weeks later, and this is where I, I, I have a respect for um, some parts of my church because I do believe people there work, work in the spirit, I don't think any church, anyone has the complete truth of an all-knowing and all-mysterious God. I don't think anyone has that. So, I mean, right. I think the older that I've, I've gone, I've grown, I've been able to, um, um, I've been able to separate what was good and what was bad, and take the best out of certain things. But I had this experience where I felt like something was special was going to happen to me mm-hmm. because experience and it's never left me but i had someone we had a traveling you know we always have these traveling evangelists who who are always going from church to church and and preaching and what have you but one of some evangelists um had no idea what happened to me And there's no way they could have known that and they called me up and says this happened to you and this means something and um it really touched me and i've i've never sort of um let my faith in God out of my life, regardless uh, if I agree or disagree with certain portions of how I was raised. Yeah. Um, so I've always felt that, <clears throat> especially the older that I've gotten and i realized, you know, God loves me the way I am. Um, it helped me to just kind of really feel that um, my strength, my help, my, um, my inspiration, it all comes from God. And I've always been one I mean, I'm a mixed bag. I'm not the uh, perfect person in, in no ways. But uh, uh, <laughs> We can talk about those things on another uh, another show. But uh, but uh, I've always I've always uh, felt like I should give glory to God and to honor Him, uh, and to and and to believe that all of my talents come from Him. And I feel that uh, the more that we all mature in our lives you know, you go from one level to the next level and yes. each of those levels of freedom um, release you to achieve new things. Mm. And, and you kind of go through different things through those different levels. Um, and you don't get, in my view, it, it doesn't seem like you get the the better stuff until you go through a few things to, to see if you've been tested and you can handle the next stuff. So yes. I'm kind of you know, going through those phases now. But I would say a lot of that the freedom came from me having a solid uh, spiritual background and sort of believing that God always loved me and he's with me. Um, and, you know, it's test after test, but I'm, I'm trying to pass the most of them, not all the time.
0: <laughs> well, 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 thank you for sharing that exclusive story.
2: <laughs>
0: you heard it here first on the Lead Up podcast.
2: <laughs> do,
0: do you, at, at or have you at any point in your life internalized, um, you know, roadblocks or 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 challenges or or opposition a, as a big deal, and was do you ever or have you ever had any app, appreh, apprehension when attempting to move beyond those uh, those obstacles?
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, probably the. I mean, this is—it's never clear cut. Um, I've always wanted to to do great things, but I've always wanted to do great things. Um, you know, I, I'd be lying. Excuse me, I'm wiping my sweaty face. I'd be lying if I um, if I didn't say that. Um, you know, I've wanted a piece of the American dream. You know, to right. have the the nice big house and the nice car and you know, having a family and, you know, you don't worry for anything, but it hasn't been everything that I've been going after is, I mean, I also have a deep love for people. Mm Um, I've always wanted to, um, be a philanthropist. Mm -hmm. I, I suppose that I already am in small ways that I, the ways that I give and help, uh, people, uh, in my community, through my church, through my family. Um, um, but, you know, I've I've wanted to have bigger things so that I could um, also do good things for other people as well. Um, and that's been one of my biggest heart's desires. Um, I would probably say, um, I guess I'm trying to tie back in, I would say, I'll give you a story. When I was in LA last year, uh-huh. Because I just left LA uh, early February before coming back to Tokyo, yep. and I was doing this uh, this uh, beach this beach house project that I was remodeling, um, and it was a great opportunity. It was a recommendation through a friend. Um, I had already been having um, some difficult times uh, with my small business, and this was going to be, you know, a super you know, bounce back opportunity for me because the numbers were looking good. However, I had never done, I had never done up to that point, a large project in the U.S. I've done small Mm -hmm. things, but I've never taken on like a big project like that in the U.S. before. And um, doing that project, I ended up uh, encountering um, lots of different headaches, working with some local, um, you know, contractors there um, you know, one thing I can say about Japan, you know, there's a culturally different. I mean, in Japan, they're not good at customization. Everything is very uh, prefabbed and done. You know, uh, it's already kind of decided what it could be. You don't really kind of get to go out of the box there. Um, but it's always done excellently. It's perfect. It's on time. There's no issues. Uh, versus in the states, I found that. You know, you can have anything custom that you want, but there's more than likely going to be mistakes. Things got to get redone. Prices are going to overrun. There's going to be some kind of crap underneath it. And so yeah. I, I I learned some really tough lessons in doing that project. And I unfortunately went in uh, big debt um, from that project. But mm. the, the client got everything that they wanted, but I ended up going into some debt because of that project. Wow. Um, from some other things that happened. Um, and at that time, it made me feel super low and not happy. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in my early 40s. You know, I've been running my business now, you know, 10 years. You know, I've left the corporate world. I've taken all of this risk and I'm trying to do all this stuff. And it just seems like, you know, you kind of hit a plateau. Then sometimes you go down or you go, you know, two steps ahead, you know, three steps back, you know. Um, and I was having one of those really like horrible feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I had to, uh, because of that experience, um, actually go back and take a corporate job, which I'm doing right now, part-time, uh, in Tokyo, along with my, my, my job, Mm -hmm. uh, with small business. Um, but I did that in order to keep things floating. Um, I've. I'm kind of in one of these places now in my career where I'm, you know, I'm deciding, you know, is this something that I will do full time and forever? Is mm-hmm. uh, it's gonna take another uh, twist or turn, um, you know? But I, I guess I've tried to keep positive and and think about the long term um, kind of feeling. Um, I feel that there are a lot of young black and brown people who are very talented, who uh, for many reasons don't get the same type of opportunities um, as I think you know some of our uh, white brothers and sisters. Um, and I mean, I, I find that we definitely have to really be incredibly strong and keep pushing forward um, and not giving up and keeping your eyes sort of on this like wider prize, you know, and and believing that some kind of way something is gonna crack and open, you know. Um, and, you know, I'll have to say for all of those challenges that I had, you know, um, again, like two weeks ago, I just finished a really sizable design project where I did, um, you know, a, a three bedroom condo in Tokyo of a wealthy person who was from um, a recommendation from another client's place that I did in in January. Mm. Um, And it seems like, you know, it seems like right now, you know, COVID is, um, you know, causing people to really rethink how they want to do their homes. Um, And so, and then I was just in the Japan Times, which is the equivalent of the New York Times, uh, where they did a story uh, on me and my business just two weeks ago in Tokyo. So, you know, it's kind of like, um, and the last time I was in that that uh, that same newspaper, I got a two hundred thousand dollar project from it. Mm. So you, know, you just never know, right. you know, what happens. So it's kind of like I've 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 never stopped pushing forward. I'm still kind of uh, doing what I've got to do. Um, you know, I, my corporate job is kind of some people, I don't call it a side hustle because I actually like doing the work that I do there, too. I do, I'm also a digital transformation strategist, okay. um, you know, uh, which is which is quite which is quite cool and interesting because it's very um, it's very, you know, uh, attuned to what's happening today. Right. Right. Uh, it's very relevant. It's very sexy, uh, you know, so, um, you know, I mean, it, they kind of work together. But, yeah, I, I'm doing what I need to do. Um, to keep myself going. But yeah, I mean, there's hard times, but so far, as you said, I, I'm looking at the the long-term um, uh, goal. Um, one other thing I would say is, I think, you know, I feel that I've been blessed to go to good schools. You know, I was lucky to have both of my parents that raised me um, in a two-parent home. My parents are now divorced. Um, You know, and I I feel like I've done a lot of the right things, but I still find that there's a lot of systematic issues that are there. You know, there should be a lot more young Black, um, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerbergs and, uh, you know, a lot of these other... Uh, young cats who are in these technology companies are doing other things that are really great because there's a lot of gifted Black people who are out there, but it seems like we really have to, like, be in it for the long haul um, to sort of get to that big level. I'm not saying I want to be at Mark Zuckerberg's level or whatever, but I'm just saying, um, I find that that is something that I think Black people really have to, like, stay focused, keep your grounding, you know, have your side hustle if you need to do that to, to keep yourself afloat, but kind of keep your, your eyes on the prize and keep believing in, in what's ahead.
0: So on, on on that note, do you think that um we as a as a group, as a unit, should be waiting for opportunities to present themselves to us, or should we take the bull by his horns and create the opportunities ourselves?
1: Yeah, I think I think, I think you definitely have to, you have to create the opportunity for yourself, right? right. I mean. So, um, so,
0: so real quick while on hmm. that, then hmm. it our our so-called disproportionate disadvantage inequalness whatever you want to label it. It really doesn't matter if, hmm. if we take the responsibility and become accountable for us and we do the work then we won't be disadvantaged anymore, right? We will have the the Mark zuckerbergs, and we will we will have the Googles and the Amazons. but we have to want that,
1: yes, I would say, um I would say the work is enormous um, is I, it? I, i'm quite i'm quite i think so I think so. I mean, I think the work is uh, when I say enormous, I mean it depends on. I have, uh, I went to Oberlin College and um, um, I have, you know, a ton of black and brown alumni friends who are all doing really well in professions, you know, doctors, lawyers, uh, corporate business people, you know, some with their own business. Um, But I still would say if you look at... um, the the number of of black entrepreneurs who really do super super well yeah um financially uh well and success is not all based on money it's it's can be based on many other things right you know are you happy do you have a good community um are you contributing to other people's lives i mean there's so many ways to 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 judge success but if we just look at from a financial standpoint there are a lot of systematic things and barriers that are there for us that that make it more difficult for us not impossible but make it more difficult for us um and and i think sometimes unless you have that really super strong strength to power through that i think it becomes harder to get to not impossible but more difficult
0: Hmm. okay so now with you being in business for the length of time that you've been in there it's been, um, I don't know what, maybe eight, nine, 10 years now. 10
1: years yeah, 10 years.
0: Ago. Um, in what ways has your per, your perspective changed around security? And when I say security, meaning like we were just talking about having a job or, or employment of some sort by someone else. And now seeing the other side of that coin and, and employing yourself, because mm-hmm. I remember when you were, you were talking about starting this business and mm. that you, I remember there was a little bit of hesit- hesitancy with you and, and, mm. and the idea of venturing out on your own or stay with this job in Tokyo that was paying you, um, three quarters of a million or how, I don't, whatever the, yeah. the, the amount was. Uh, so now on the other side, what is your view around just security?
1: Hmm. Um, let me answer that from uh from the perspective of F for someone who wants to start a business or who's thinking about it. Is that all right?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, just I, I just want to get your interpretation. Um well based I think on security. where you were before and, and where you are now as it pertains to just being certain and secure.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I'm probably am a very sometimes overly optimistic person. Okay. um, When I left my job in 2009 uh, to start Vacation Veranda, uh, at that point I had nearly $100,000 that I saved Mm -hmm. for my business. to start that business, and that kept me going for mm, almost eighteen months. Okay. Um, that I lived off that um, and kept myself going and building up, you know, my business and uh, building my portfolio. Um, some people think, you know, um, some people have a different appetite. It depends on, you know, um, what they are willing to, to to handle and and suffer through. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say you need six months worth of income or living experiences uh to get through you know the tough times i would probably say you need more but i also know people who don't have any of those cushions and they jump right into it and sometimes i've also gotten in situations where my company has been almost broke and there's been like not enough deals coming in and that fear alone has like driven me to, like, find a way and get, you know, projects in the door and stuff. So everybody's got different kinds of uh, motivations. I would say, um, when I was younger, I mean, I was lucky that I was in well-paid jobs when I was younger, too, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, now, you know, I, I still, I was prepared, but I still had some really difficult times during these 10 years where things got really low, and sometimes the lowness was the fire underneath me to go find my next piece of bread to eat, you know? Mm. Um, Now that I'm older, I think things have probably, I would say I still have that same fire. I would say now I think about making sure that I have enough cash um in my bank because I, I I don't think about just myself. I think about my family. You know, um none of my siblings, uh well, a couple of my 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 siblings did some junior college, but, you know, uh the majority of my family are working in different type of service jobs and different things like that. And particularly, you know, uh, during times like now in COVID, you know, I've always wanted to be where I could make sure that i can help my family if they if i need to of course so um so there there are things that i do now a little bit differently um i'm still optimistic but then i've also had the blows of of having some some epic failures as well um and some of that came from being too optimistic and not having some pragmatic measures in place Mm -hmm. that i could done because I was just like so just knew this was going to work out and sometimes it doesn't work out that way so I would say you know some of my failures have kind of helped me to mitigate potential downside risk better and it might mean that I don't necessarily go off and take that huge you know quick leap as fast or as you know without thinking about who? What's the collateral damage right. to to other people around me? You know, so yes. that's probably what's changed a little bit.
0: Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. In in your ability to design, create, or reimagine spaces, mm. at what point did you recognize you were in fact redesigning, recreating, and or reimagining your life?
2: Mm,
1: that's a really good question. Um. I probably felt that in different ways in different uh, times in my uh, career. Um, I would say, obviously, when I redesigned my own balcony first, and I had people over and I saw how people responded to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, maybe this is not normal. Maybe yeah. I'm kind of really good at this, you know. Um, and. I think when I started the business and I really uh, started advertising and I started getting customers, you know, I started, you know, you get confidence from that. You're like, oh, people like my stuff. And then, you know, and then um, I won uh, the silver prize of this national design contest in Japan called the Hibiya Garden Show. Mm. Uh, and there's these major Japanese companies um, that have, you know, millions of dollars, you know, big teams. Um, it's in one of the, one of the, the largest, or uh, not largest, but it's in a really big, large park that sits next to the, um, the Royal Imperial palace, uh, in Tokyo. And they have this beautiful garden show every year. Um, and I think at the time it was me and I had maybe two other staff and, uh, we were on a budget, but, uh, I, uh, some kind of way, pull that that uh, competition off and I got a silver prize. And I was going against mega giant companies across Japan. And I was the first non-Japanese company, uh, actually my company is a Japanese company because it's listed in Japan, but I'm the first non-Japanese national right. to have won that prize. And so that was um, a pretty big deal for me. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty big deal for me. And I realized, you know, I, I'm a great creator, and I can, and I, and I feel like it was changing my life, and it's something that's innate with me. And and just another small thing that I'll say in more recent time, um, and I'll send you pictures of my current space. But you know, I was out watering some of my uh, plants on my garden, uh, just uh, you know during COVID, and I was having this really great moment of saying how beautiful my space was. And I was thinking, you know, I created this space out of my mind. Mm. This came out of my mind into reality. Yes. And that was such a beautiful feeling to just say, wow, this is beautiful. I enjoyed it. And guess
0: what? It came out of my mind, you know? The art of manifestation. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, amazing
1: feeling. It is.
0: It is. It's, um, it's rewarding to say the least, you know, to, to know that we have, we literally have that ability to think, speak. And so it is, right. It's like a genie. (laughs) And, and, and I I think the, and this this kind of goes to what you said earlier about you're, you're trying to decide if, what your life is going to look like, you know, are you going to continue down this path of entrepreneurship or are you going to stay with the job or whatever? And I would say to that along the lines of just being a creator Mm. is it really it doesn't matter. What do you Mm. want? You know, Mm. it's it's solely and entirely up to you, whatever Mm. you feel and whatever you speak. Mm. So it is, you know, it's it's almost like that wishes my command.
1: Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And,
0: and I and I think that's applicable to all of us because nothing nothing is going to hold us back. I don't care about racism. I don't care about who's in office. I don't care about the economical climbing of the world. If we make the determination in, in the decision or if we choose for our lives to go in a certain or a specific direction, so be it. There's and nothing it, that's yeah. going to get in our way.
1: Absolutely. And, and Absolutely.
0: I think and I believe in my heart of hearts, that's why you won that award. Mm. It's mm. because you made before starting, you made the determination that I'm gonna compete and I'm gonna compete at the highest level and I'm gonna right. give nothing but the but excellence. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And yeah. you were you were rewarded for that.
1: Really it. So, yeah. So congrats. It was my first time doing a contest. It was my first time doing it too, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Who does that? Yeah. You, you did <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How would you create a new mind around your life if you had to?
1: How would I create a new mind around my life if I had to?
0: Mm. Um.
1: I think I'm always creating a new mind. Um anyway. Mm. Um, I would say I would say probably I'm maturing more into um trusting God with my future mm. and um believing I know that God knows where I've come from uh, he knows um my different um struggles he knows all the things i've you know the roadblocks i've had um and he knows all the things that i've had to overcome yes uh he knows the collective history of my people and what our people have gone through Mm -hmm. um and for whatever reason uh you know Yes, I studied Japanese when I was in college and business, and I've been in Japan for 24 years, but I didn't have to be here this long. No. And um, and I didn't have to start my business here. Um, I didn't have to do a lot of things that the way that they've happened and the way that they've gone. Um, but I have decided that I will always continue to do my best to never give up and to believe that God has a purpose for my life, hmm. um, and um, I think I only feel that i have have sinned when I don't do my best, when I haven't done my best is when I feel like I've sinned, yes. and um you know every way that I want to be a blessing to my family, to my community um to also live a nice life for myself i mean uh it's a as i said it's 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 a balanced approach for me i i I don't want you know just to have big house and big cars and all this kind of stuff just to have the toys to show it you know i want to live well but i also want to help a lot of people
2: yeah
1: and i think my motives for the most part are good i feel like my mind is to just keep pushing keep believing and don't give up and i feel like when i if if and when i feel like i'm giving up that's when i feel like i'm sinning. Mm -hmm. and i feel like that whatever uh god blesses me with today and for all that he's blessed me with i have learned to be thankful for that yes and realize that i'm in the place where god wants me right now and to do my best in this place and More times than not. And I would say every time when my mind has been right in that place, he's always taking me to a higher level, Mm. always, Mm. always. So I'm waiting for the next, whatever that next level is. I'm okay right now, but I do feel like there's some other places I need to go and that I want to go.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm just mindful that I keep that kind of mental, spiritual balance. You'll get there. That that mind creation, as you say.
2: Right,
0: right. Few more questions. What leader do you look up to and admire?
1: Or do I look up to and admire? No,
0: what what leader do you look up to and admire? Um
1: I admire I admire my parents. Um I mean both my parents, they raised six kids. Mm. My mom worked, you know, until she retired. You know, difficult jobs. Uh, my dad's been kind of a self-employed handyman, jack of all trades kind of guy. Um, you know, my parents were there for me. They they taught us a lot. Um, you know, we had some unfortunate blowouts when I came out when I when I came out as gay earlier, but they've kind of come around. You know, my father is my best friend. That's um, wonderful. I can talk to my dad about anything. Um, my dad's a very spiritual person. Um, he's, uh, you know, I I went through a very, very difficult um, time in 2014 um, when my company went through a difficult time. Japan raises taxes from 5 to 8% and the Japanese economy went through uh, a huge recession and given that i had a small uh luxury outdoor design business um you know it was something that people didn't have to have and my business took a hit um and during that really difficult time i had to sell my place yeah. um that i that i bought in that place meant a lot to me it was a nice little penthouse apartment um uh on a corner
2: yeah
1: uh on a penthouse it was beautiful you know and i put a lot of, 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 um, effort. And, uh, it represented all that I kind of, you know, coming from the hood, growing up in a house, you know, with six kids sharing a room with three other brothers and two sets of bunk beds in there. You know, I was fortunate to, you know, to do part of my time in high school and boarding school. And I went to good college and, you know, work for really big companies and stuff. Um, yeah, but when I went through that, you know, my dad, help me to see something and he told me he said son you know if you got to sell this place to you know get clean and to deal with you know to you know make your business survive and that was your only asset and that was my only asset at the time he was like do it and i it was so hard because I was like dad but i really love this place and it's beautiful and my dad told me something that i've never forgotten and he said son everything that's in you That put those you know that made that beautiful sofa and those chandeliers and that beautiful design and that gorgeous apartment he says you're not bricks and boards he was like
2: Mm.
1: everything that's in that place is inside of you Mm. that you can rebuild it again Mm. you know Mm. um and so my father really my father was a coach i actually had a an investor who was willing to get me, you know, a lot of cash to keep my business going and keep the apartment. But the reason why I didn't is because the payback was too steep. And I yeah. I, I realized it made more sense for me to just cut my losses and to move on and uh, to start fresh. And and it was the best thing to do. Uh, but that was the advice of my father who said, you know, your greatness is inside of you. Yes, It's not that physical place. He was like, you'll take that with
0: you wherever you go. Right. Right. You know? I second that.
1: Yeah. So like my dad is like, he's, he's the bomb. He's, he's, he's my, he's my number one go-to guy when I need to talk about stuff, you know?
0: Shout yeah. out to pops. Yeah. <laughs> what, what makes a leader great and iconic? Um,
1: I would say what makes a leader great and iconic is um, that they not only have the charisma to corral uh, and convince people uh, their way, but they also have very good moral standing, uh, and guide people in the right direction. Mm. Um, and that they have personal integrity and that they, um, not only outwardly, you know, say and do things, but they live what they preach. Um, and, and, you know, I would say Obama is probably one of, uh, one of the greatest in that, in that area. I think he's a man of great integrity and. Um, you know, he he moves people and he moves people into the right direction. And I think he, you know, he, he walks the way he talks.
0: Yes, I agree. Yeah. Fi- final question. So this is called the tabula rasa, which okay. stands for blank slate. Now, you being an artist, you have mm-hmm. a blank canvas and mm-hmm. you have all the colors that you could possibly want or need. And you're going to paint, design, architect your life mm-hmm. as you see it. Mm-hmm. The caveat is this, you have done it all. Your design Mm -hmm. business is international. It's a global business. You're world renowned by all of the, um, publications and, uh, judges and whatever else is in that industry that makes the determination on who's who in that industry, you are the who's who you have Mm -hmm. traveled the world. You've made obscene amounts of money beyond your mm-hmm. dreams, your relationships, your personal relationships are thriving. Your parents are in great health. Your health is solid. You um, you speak across the world, impacting and influencing uh, the youth and you're a mentor to many and you are living the utmost, highest version of yourself, the dream. Mm-hmm. Coming back to this blank canvas, what picture do you draw or create for your life? And what colors do you use?
2: Wow. Mm.
1: Man, that's a really deep question. <laughs> that's a really deep question. Um. I would probably say, and it's probably true for how my my personal apartment is right now, but i I would say that i it would be gray mm. um, I think gray is my favorite color um and I think for whatever reason, I think many things go with gray. And I think um, shades of gray kind of represents um, the different, the different uh, idioms and different perspectives of life that it's not clearly one solid, it's not black or white, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, and that I think when you're, you're in that, uh, how should I say this? I think gray actually gives me the freedom to um go outside of the lines Mm. for whatever reason i don't know that gray has that kind of effect on me okay i feel like it's it's kind of um it allows me to sort of um blur into like different things and and it's like imaginative to me um i don't know it's one of it's one of the base colors that i always use in a lot of my designs okay um so i'm i'm coming to that to that color for that reason um i feel like if i could if all of those things that you said honestly happen and and i've i've achieved that highest level of myself and i and i feel like i've i've done everything i i could do i don't know if i would draw anything i think i i might almost leave the canvas blank mm. almost you know i might almost leave the canvas blank um it, it, that could be limiting because you could always say there's always something more to draw yeah um but i don't know i mean that's a that's a really I mean, the, the, the vision that you created is, is something that sounds phenomenal. That's something that I'm, that I'm working towards. Um, I would think that I would need to be inspired to know what the next thing is, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, the only thing I could think of that's probably close to someone like that, in my view, someone who I, re, who I really respect would be like Obama, right? He's, he's already achieved, he's, been the leader of the free world he's still quite young um, for me it's like what is his canvas after this you know what I mean I mean for me if I'm doing all of those things I mean my greatest purpose would be how many more people could I help how many you know community centers could I build how many you know you know maybe that sketch is drawing out new plans for some other you know, super awesome design project, you know, that does something for other people. I, I mean, I would suppose, you know, it'd be a sketch into the next bigger, greater thing. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. You know?
0: Theo, my man, I want to salute you, honor you for everything that you have done and that you're currently doing. Your, your level of creativity, you're touching people through your, through your art, through your, your imagination. Which is providing them great mental health and mental and internal stability. Because when you change a person's space, you, you change their environment, you end up, in fact, changing their state of being, which means that their state of being goes out into the world and it becomes infectious to everyone else. And that's, that's because great. of you. So I thank you, appreciate you, love you. Thank and, you
1: for the opportunity. Oh,
0: man. Thank you for coming on, and I'm glad to have you. And, okay. and and also thank you for sharing your story. So now yeah. I want to open the floor the, the floor up to you to um, put your information out there. You know I know you're in Japan, but you also have a tendency to be bi international. So <laughs> <laughs> when you're in LA or in the states, you know it, it might available. be somebody that can utilize your services. In the meantime, where can they go to uh, view or see your work, your yeah. website? On and on and on and on. Just go ahead. This is your, your advertising <laughs> moment. Cool.
1: Uh, the easiest place to find me is at www.vacationveranda.com. Uh, I have uh, several of my projects that are on there. I also have a video clip of myself on there doing a small infomercial. So um, everything you need is there. I can also be contacted through my website as well. Um, so yeah, I would love for you to look at my things. I would love for you know uh, people to give me any feedback, um, any new ideas. You know, um, I would say my style is a little bit—it's uh, a bit Asian. It's a little bit Asian, African slash, uh, you know, European chic it's is my, we is, call my it <laughs> is my is my style. <laughs> so feel free to give me some feedback too, and yeah. But uh, check me. out. You got if you got projects in the states, I will come to the states and do a project. Yes, you uh, will. And you better
0: have your money right. Yeah, but yeah,
1: I will definitely fly to the states. To do
0: a project, so, any uh, final statements or questions you want to ask me?
1: Um, I appreciate you doing this. I think this is great. Um, I think it's good for the community. Um, I've always thought I've I've always enjoyed every time I've come. To your place of business, because I always feel that I'm going to get a good, a very good conversation. It's going to get mm-hmm. deep. I'm, my level is going to raise a little bit from talking to you. So I have always appreciated uh, my time with you as well. And I think this is great what you're doing for the community. So keep, keep doing that yourself.
0: Thank you. I will definitely will. Ladies and gentlemen, Theodore Jennings. God bless. It is my belief that when we are able to overcome ridicule and judgment from the people closest to us, that's when we can fully walk in our purpose and passion, just as Theo is doing. Let us all let go of other people's ideas and opinions of us. Begin to be at peace with who you are and where you are, at which point you will take your charge and lead up. If you're interested in remodeling your home or office space, contact Theo by checking out his website at www.vacationveranda.com. Share this episode with as many people as possible and follow us on Instagram at Lead Up Lifestyle. Join us in contributing to the support of black businesses by going to the bottom of the Lead Up podcast description and click the support link. As always, thank you for listening and keep Leading up.